Food Heals Podcast, episode 46. My first yoga class, it was very full, stuffed in like sardines kind of class, mat to mat. So I was right next to my husband and he'd, he'd kind of say, Shh, you're supposed to have your um leg up like this. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to put your hand behind your head. You're spo-, you know, and I turned to him and say, how about Psst, you're supposed to have your eyes closed? <laughs> <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Allison Crowley, another Allison. We've never had one before. I know. <laughs> we'll have to have another Susie next time. I know. I'm make it fair. <laughs> Allison is a co-founder at the Yoga Prescription and she is co-creator of the yoga therapy programs at Cedar Sinai's Tower Hematology Oncology Medical Group and the Center for Radiation Therapy of Beverly Hills. Allison has been teaching yoga since 2001. She received her training at the Center for Yoga in Los Angeles, where she also taught and later served as manager and marketing director of the studio. Her unique perspective through her teaching is complemented by her philosophy to make yoga safe, enjoyable, and accessible to all. It's a great philosophy. I love it, Sus. I know. It's good. But before we get to our interview with Allison, we have to tell you about our sponsor, and then we have two special announcements. Today's show is sponsored by Thrive Market. The mission of Thrive Market is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Thrive promises to sell only the highest quality, healthy, natural products. Always at prices 25 to 50% below retail. Always committed to sustainability and social justice. And I just love what they are doing. It's Costco meets Whole Foods. Yes, it's a membership site and it's very similar to Costco, but with the high quality natural and organic products of Whole Foods. They have an incredible array of products and the lowest prices I have ever seen. Yes, so I just placed an order. I got cleaning products, lotions, shampoo and conditioner, floss, a new toothbrush. I got vitamins. I even got dog treats, Susie, like a whole bunch of stuff. And the retail cost would have been $200 at any other place. But I got the entire order. I posted on Instagram if you want to see it. I got the entire order for $109. Almost That's incredible. Half, I know. <laughs> almost <laughs> almost half off. And it's all stuff I would have bought online anyway. And I just got a huge discount. So in one trip, the membership has already paid for itself. That's freaking fantastic. I know. Yes, members who shop at Thrive frequently are saving thousands every year. So that's why we are so excited to partner with Thrive and bring you an amazing discount code, Food Heals Nation. You never have to pay full price for healthy food again. Go to thrivemarket.com slash foodheals to get your three-month free membership plus 15% off your first purchase. Three months, Food Heals Nation. They told me that they usually only offer one month or two months, so we got three. Thank you, Thrive. <laughs> so start shopping now and save on your favorite natural, wholesome products delivered straight to your door for free. That is thrivemarket.com slash foodheals. Two exciting announcements before we get to our interview today. We have a new contest and a new swag bag winner. Swag bag winner. 
there. <laughs> yeah, so if you follow our podcast closely, you know that we've been doing this swag bag contest and we're really happy to announce that we also have a holiday gift bag to give away to one more lucky listener. That's amazing. I didn't know that. <laughs> Fantastic. I know. And it's got a new product. So it's products that we don't even have in the last swag bag. So our new holiday gift bag is full of items, including a signed copy of Kristen Lajeunesse's book, Will Travel for Vegan Food. It also includes Sophie Uliano's latest book, Gorgeous for Good. And we've got some exciting health and beauty products from No Tox Life, who you may have heard of, and the Global Healing Center, who you know we're huge fans of, and more. Yep, so to enter, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> we don't plan that. It just happens. It totally does. So natural. <laughs> yeah, so just give us a great review on iTunes or on Stitcher and then screenshot your review and post it to our Facebook wall. Or tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. Or email it to us at info at foodhealsnation.com. So you may be wondering, if I already entered the last contest but I didn't win, am I eligible for this giveaway? And the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are eligible. So let's say you've already reviewed us on iTunes, but this time you want to enter the holiday gift bag, then just review us on Stitcher. So it's just another place for you to post an amazing review for us. And Allison, we also have to tell them about our latest swag bag winner. Yes, we have a really great review that we would love to share with with you. The winner wrote to us, ladies, on a flight to Austin, and it's all things Food Heals Nation, got the podcast in my earbuds, the webpage up, and the Facebook page loaded. Here's my review screenshot for the swag bag contest. I truly adore you both. Thank you for this amazing place in the world you've created for the Food Heals Nation. So that was her email, and Susie, will you read her review? Taking my plant-based desires to the next level. I love that. Thanks to Rich Roll for letting these women sponsor his podcast. Allison and Susie really have a comfortable and easygoing way about them, and their podcast is both entertaining and informative. I am a walking commuter and can usually finish one podcast a day on my walks to and from work. These women inspire me, make me smile, and give me things to think about. I'm so grateful to have their podcast in my queue. Much love, ladies. Oh, thank you. That gave me goosebumps. I know. So sweet. We're glad to be with you on your walks and on your plane ride. So thank you so much. And congratulations to our winner, Chris McPeak. Chris, you've won a swag bag full of our favorite health and beauty products, including coffee bean eye cream, a detoxifying clay mask, refreshing body spray, detox supplements, natural deodorant, wrinkle reducing face cream, and so much more. And it's valued at over $300. I know. The swag bag is amazing. It really is. And Chris, I also want to thank you. She has been so active on Twitter, promoting our shows, retweeting us. So we just want to thank her for the social media love as well. So congratulations, Chris. Your swag bag, it's on its way. Next up, our interview with Allison Crowley. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. All right, Food Heals Nation, today we're here with an exciting guest, Allison Crowley, co-founder of the Yoga Prescription at Cedar sinai in Los Angeles, a graduate of Loyola Marymount University's Yoga Therapy Rx certification program. Yoga Prescription uses yoga therapy to meet the needs of specific health concerns. Yoga therapy is the practice of gentle yoga poses, breathing, meditation, and visualization techniques used in a particular order to improve overall health while working with physical limitations. 
Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here with both of you. This is a topic I'm so passionate about, and I'm, I'm really happy to share anything I can to help anyone out here. We're so happy to have you. We're so excited to meet you. I'm excited to meet you since you guys already met. <laughs> yeah, so Food Heals Nation, here's a funny thing. Allison is my neighbor. Two degrees of separation. <laughs> <laughs> we live in the same building, and we've known each other for a few months. We, we met walking our doggies, and turns out... Here she is now talking about her yoga prescription program on Food Heals. But the funny thing is, is that I found Allison and asked her to be on the podcast because I read about you in LA Yoga Magazine. So, you know, it's a small world, even in LA. It's it, a small It's a world. small world. A friend of mine says there's 100 people in the world and the rest is smoke and mirrors. Absolutely. So true, huh? It's so true. So interesting. It's so true. I have to say my partner... Um, I just want to mention my partner, who I wish could be here tonight, but she can't. Her name is Kathleen Ross Ali, and she is the co-founder of the Yoga Prescription. And we've been working together for many, many years doing this work. So yes. I'm here to represent. Awesome. And awesome. we're going to have Kathleen back hopefully good, in 2016. Good. That's wonderful. All right. So let's just start from the beginning. You can tell us in your own words a little bit about who you are, what you do, and you know, how did you and Kathleen start the Yoga Prescription Program? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I'm originally from New York City, and I spent uh, many years as a dancer and an actor, and I had horrible back and neck problems for a long time. And I went to every doctor and chiropractor and acupuncturist imaginable, and I'd get relief sometimes and sometimes not. And then finally, I found the practice of yoga, and I started practicing, and within about six months, I was much better. My back and my neck and everything was better, and I thought, what is this? I have to do more of this. So I... I, um, I lived near Larchmont, and at that time, there was a, it's the oldest uh, yoga studio in yep. LA, the Center for Yoga, which is now Yoga Works. Yep. And I started out to pay for my yoga classes doing something called Zen Maintenance. The manager at the time had a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and what I would do is I would wash blankets and clean the studios. This was about 18 years ago to pay for my yoga classes. Zen nice. maintenance sounds much more glorified. It's very it's than, glorified. Than calling it washing blankets. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's custodial yoga studio maintenance. So I did that and I took as many classes as I, as I could and I just got so into it and I felt so much better. And one of my teachers said, you know, we're having a teacher training program a couple years into my studies, and you should really do it. Um, and I said, oh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm an actor. I don't know if I want to teach. And he, he said, just just do it. It'll deepen your practice. So I did it uh, with the encouragement of my husband, and I just fell in love. It all made sense. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'll do this too. And then it kind of took over. My first yoga class, this is kind of a funny story, um, my husband and I were friends with somebody at the Amanda Foundation mm -hmm. for animals, and mm -hmm. we, it, there was a silent auction. And we bid on some yoga classes at Yoga Works in Santa Monica. And we won the yoga classes, so we were so excited, and we had our little yoga mats. This was pre-Zen maintenance days. This was my, <laughs> this was my first introduction. <laughs> and um, we went to the yoga class, and we, we were kind of – it was very full, stuffed in like sardines kind of class, mat to mat. So I was right next to my husband. Mm -hmm. And – and we were doing the poses, and he would—he's very—he's um, very type A personality, and he—he uh, would—he'd he'd kind of say, Shh, "You're supposed to have your um, leg up like this." <laughs> <laughs> that must have been fun. It was really fun. You're, you're <laughs> supposed to put your hand behind your head. You're supposed—you know—and was giving me direction through the whole class. No and, way. Yeah, and I turned to him and say, "How about Psst, you're supposed to have your eyes closed?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> How about that? So then baseball season started and we lost him to uh-huh. yoga. So I stuck with it and then the Zen maintenance and all of that. So I stayed at the Center for Yoga and I went through the teacher training. I did my, my apprenticeship with a wonderful teacher named Paul Cabanis. He's a German Iyengar teacher. He learned to speak English in India. So he has this like German-English hybrid accent Mm -hmm. and screaming Sanskrit at me as an apprentice. It was like, if I can do this, I can do anything. Absolutely. I was like, okay, I I can, if I can get through this apprenticeship with him, I can do anything. (laughs) And I love him to this day and he's one of the best teachers in LA. Um, But uh, then I, I, I just, I started teaching there. They started offering me classes and then I was working behind the desk and then I started managing there. And then years later, I was the marketing director there and... I was there for about five years teaching and and working and it was a wonderful it was really my my introduction into the world of yoga so that was good so i did that and then i was teaching a lot of gentle classes and i was getting people teachers were sending me students that were injured Mm -hmm. or ill or and i had the training to take care of them and to keep them safe but i didn't feel i had the training to be proactive Mm. and really help them so i thought i need to study more i need to educate myself more So I found out about a wonderful program at Loyola Marymount University called Yoga Therapy Rx, and it's uh, the director is Larry Payne. It's a wonderful program that uh, it's East meets West. There's doctors and chiropractors and osteopaths, and you learn the whole musculoskeletal system one year. You do the systems of the body the next year, the endocrine, the respiratory, and you talk about how yoga and modern medicine mix and how to work in medical facilities and still hold on to your yoga without sanitizing it too much and, mm-hmm. and still making it a spiritual practice. So it was wonderful training. Kathleen and I actually did that together. She's now the marketing, um, I'm sorry, she's the managing director there for that program. Wow. And um, she had a private client who had gone through breast cancer treatment and I had a private client who had gone through breast cancer treatment and we were working with them and um, one of them introduced us to a wonderful woman. She was a nutritionist. She still is a nutritionist at uh, Cedars, an oncology nutritionist, uh, Jody Newsom. We sort of stayed in touch with her about maybe we should have a class. And then the student that I was working with, who's a wonderful woman, I still work with her to this day, um, went to her oncologist and said, you have to have a yoga class because she had... Um, a lot of lymph node removal after her breast cancer surgery. Mm -hmm. So she had a lot of uh, range of motion issues with her arm. She could barely get her arm past her shoulder. So we worked together for about three to six months and her range of motion kept improving and improving and improving. And she said, I wish I'd had this while I was in chemo. And I wish I had this when I was in radiation. And I could have, you know, been working on this much sooner. And it's so wonderful and it's been so helpful. So um, it took us a couple years, but we finally got one class at um, Tower, it was Tower Oncology at the time, they said, we'll give you one class a week, ladies, to start. And it's free for all the students, the, the hospitals pay us. And so we started uh, six yo- years ago in January, six years ago in January, with one class a week. And now, six years later, we have 42 classes a month. <gasps> wow. wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So oh. how quickly did the classes get full? Like, was, was it just everyone was demanding it? How, how did that process It's so happen? funny. It's, it's so word of mouth, you mm-hmm. know, in L.A. And we have a website and we have all of that. But we didn't do a lot of advertising or anything. We just, we, they started very slow. We'd have like two students and then mm-hmm. three students. And then maybe in a couple months we had six students. And it just sort of grew very slowly. And then other, 
uh, parts of the hospital, Cedars is such a big operation, and there's so many different divisions of it. So the different divisions sort of found out about us and, and said, oh, can we have a class? Oh, can you teach a class for us? So we're sort of all over the place. Um, we're teaching um, at the Samuel Ocean Center, a wonderful program that we teach with Dr. Arash Asher, and he is a cancer survivorship uh, doctor, the director of the cancer survivorship program at Cedars. A wonderful man. His his patients love him. He's really on the cutting edge of complementary medicine and and integrating um, all of that with with physical therapy. And he has classes for chemo brain. Yeah, he's one of those doctors that treats people as individuals and not like a number. Yeah. He's, he's incredibly kind and incredibly bright and lovely so we love Dr. Asher um, so we teach there a class starting in 2016 we're going to have uh, I think we're going to have nine sessions it's a four-week course um, teaching the basics of yoga we'll teach a week on awareness and a week on breath and a week on asana postures and a week on meditation we teach also at Cedars Tower um, a wonderful woman named Melinda Sobel, who's the head of the psychosocial program, survivorship program. We start everybody in a very gentle, restorative type of yoga, um, mostly on their backs or in chairs, people that are currently in treatment. Um, our policy is that while you're in treatment, we like people to be in those classes at that level for about six months because it's really about restoring your energy and just moving gently and getting the circulation going and moving your body without force and and doing a lot of breath work and meditation work. Allison, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you ever have people, because I love gentle yoga for myself, mm -hmm. I started practicing yoga probably when I moved to LA. Actually, yes, it was. It was when I moved to LA. <laughs> no one does that. Right? I think that's pretty standard. I think right? what you get a welcome at when you cross the state line. You do. But anyway, you do. You do. it was in Santa Monica and it was power yoga. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what I did for the longest time until I got injured. Yep. And did it, it went too far and my first impression of gentle yoga I was like oh this is too what is this this isn't going to do anything and then I gave it a chance and it helped heal my injuries so that I could return to my normal working out but um do you ever have people um that are undergoing different or have been through cancer or undergoing it now where they do kind of have this approach like this isn't enough or what is this do you ever have people that absolutely yeah. we absolutely do we have people that come in because there's also this feeling when you've gone through treatment everybody wants to you know you're on a mission to get through this treatment and to get well and that means to get strong so we do have these different levels of classes we have a building strength class and a strength class and people want to get right into those strength classes so we do have to occasionally you know have a discussion about that that what it's really about healing and it's and part of the healing mm -hmm. is listening to your body and taking time and when you're going through treatment it's really about restoring your energy and moving gently and letting your body heal if you do too much mm -hmm. strengthening work or too much cardio too much of anything while you're going through treatment it just depletes the system and it's 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 not really very beneficial so we're very um, in tune with that, and, and it's hard. There are some people that, real type A people, that will come through and say, I, I, I have to be in the strength class. It's like, yeah, you, you do, and you will, but right now, it's time to listen to your body. And we really try to guide our gentle classes as though they're almost moving meditations. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing about these classes that we've been doing now, and we do have some people that we've had for five or six years now, is that it's become a real community. These women know each other they have email lists they go out for tea afterward 
we have a few men. I shouldn't just say women. We do have once in a while a gentleman will walk through the doors <laughs> <laughs> and get a lot of attention, yeah. and um, <laughs> which he loves. And I wish we had more, but for some reason, I mean, if you look around at any yoga class in yeah. LA, it's it's at least I would say two thirds women. Yeah, if not more. and then when you put gentle on top of it, the yeah. reason I bring that up is because. I feel like the whole paradigm, you always see like fight cancer, mm-hmm. we're going to beat it, we're going to fight it. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of gentle yoga is to take the opposite approach and like sit with where you're at and move slowly and breathe and be really gentle with yourself, which as Americans, I just don't think we do. It's not in no. our cultural paradigm. It's like, go, 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 achieve success, fight it, you know, get through it. And that's what gentle, What that's what I love about gentle yoga. It's complete opposite. That's so true. And it's absolutely... Um, It's so interesting because I try and stay away from the word strength, even though our classes are called strength classes, um, because the amount of strength and fortitude it takes to get through treatment, you know, is 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 where the strength part comes in to me. We try to teach that strength is really in our openness and in our vulnerability to be present with whatever is happening to us. And if that's a gentle movement or feeling a feeling or learning a new breathing technique that you feel uncomfortable with and opening yourself up to something different, that's that's strength. Strength is being open and vulnerable. And Absolutely. That's, that's sort of how we approach it. But it is it is interesting because people do come in and they want to do more. Yeah. And it's about teaching that less is more at this point. And there's time for more later. But when you're going through treatment, it's really important to, to hold on to your energy. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's really a customized, individualized approach, it sounds like. It really is. Yoga therapy is different in that way. Um, Loyola Marymount University's program is a certification program for yoga therapy. So you have to have your yoga certification, your 200-hour level, before you go in. And yoga therapy ideally is done one-on-one, so you can really work with somebody's specific issues. But we do now have these small classes. Our classes have 8 to 10 people tops. Because we really have to pay attention to everybody. We have people with lymphedema and neuropathy and osteoporosis. And not only cancer, somebody's had a hip replacement. Or somebody has a torn rotator cuff. And we have to know how to deal with all of that and give everybody the proper attention. So we keep it very gentle. And we keep it, um, you know, it's very approachable. Anybody can come in off the street. We have people come in. Sometimes we've had people who have been so ill and they just want to come to class. They've maybe had a recurrence or something. And they'll say, I just want to come and see my friends. I just want to be there. And we say, come, come. And you can lay down and do shavasana, final relaxation. And they will lay with a bolster under their legs and do the breathing. And we call it virtual yoga. Just watch, just close be your amazing. eyes. And you, you know what you're doing. You've heard our voices a million times teach this. And just imagine it in your mind and just be here with us. And can you talk about that? Because... Most people, when they think of yoga, they don't really know that it really is the mind-body-spirit approach. It's the physical, it's the emotional, it's the spiritual, and just laying there, how powerful that can be. So can you talk about how yoga, mind, body, and spirit heals cancer specifically? Because I know that's really what you guys are into. Can you talk a little bit about that? And how, how could someone at home apply this to their own life if they're like, I don't live in LA, I can't get to this amazing class? Like, how could they apply it? Right. Yoga... I I can't say that yoga heals cancer, but I can say that yoga helps you support your cancer treatment. That's sort of what what we're about. And there are lots of studies being done now about meditation and yoga and gentle movement and how it helps the central nervous system and the immune system. So when when we're in fight or flight all the time 
um, and our central nervous system, system is jacked up when people are going through therapy and they're scared to death, which of course they are, it's important to take time to self-soothe. And that's why the gentle yoga is so important. This self-soothing of, say, a shavasana, final relaxation, which I think everybody might know at the end of yoga, you lay on the floor and sometimes people fall asleep and sometimes, but it's it's almost like self-soothing when you, when you have a child and you have to teach the child to stay in the crib and they're screaming, crying, and the mother and father are going out of their mind, but they have to learn how to let go and let themselves relax. Shavasana, interestingly enough, is really, I had a wonderful teacher years ago named Patricia Walden. She's an Iyengar teacher out of Boston. And she studied with Iyengar, who passed away a few years ago. It's a, it's a, Iyengar yoga is a very specific type of yoga that uses props. When you see people walking around with blocks and straps and bolsters and chairs. And yeah. it's kind of like the classical ballet of yoga. And it's part of my background. And I, I sort of love it. It's about the it's, architecture. It's focused on like the specific positioning. Is that correct? Like, like perfect pose sort of yes. like getting the exact alignment as opposed to something else like flow is more loosey-goosey and just move through it right is exactly right? Okay. exactly the the basic lineage um of the different styles of yoga comes from uh, krishnamacharya who in india had a, a bunch of different students and the three that kind of made it west the three t- traditions the three students that took their techniques to to us are bks Iyengar, and he 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 was sort of a sickly child and he believed that props he couldn't do a lot of the poses so a lot of the the the, the support the support of props helped get him into these poses and he was really about it is about the architecture of the pose it's sort of like um if you look at a bridge it's 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 the stone and the mortar that 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 have the strength to hold up the bridge but it's also the architecture of the bridge that holds it up so rather than muscling through a pose it's about aligning the pose properly so you don't hurt yourself Mm. so it's really a beautiful way to look at it it's it's, I, I tend to use a little bit in some of the, the classes that people have been with us for longer because they start getting stronger and they're able to do it, but I don't do much of it in the, in the classes that we teach when people are actually in treatment because it's a little too much. I, tried to, I think I tried to teach myself yoga before I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. Actually, I did take a couple of co- classes in college, which is Northern California, and I think I bought a BKS Iyengar book because mm-hmm. I think I was like, oh, I'm going to learn th- through the book. Didn't really work out. No. But that's... <laughs> but I, they, it was a beautiful book. Yeah. And, that's that, and that was my first exposure to it, just yeah. reading about it. So it can be a little dry at first, yeah. I have to say. I took it early on in my yoga studies, and I thought, what is this? It's like, okay, look, everybody go and pick up two blocks and come back and do this pose. Now put the blocks away and get a chair. Yeah. Now get a chair and two blo- bolsters and a blanket. And I thought, I'm just walking back and forth through the props closet. I could be cleaning my apartment right now. But... <laughs> But once you start to get into yoga and you understand you want to learn more and you want to fine tune, it's like the fine tuning that gets so interesting after a while. And the older we get too, you'll see people that are in their 80s and 90s in Iyengar classes and hanging upside down on ropes and doing things that 80 and 90 year olds are not doing anywhere else. So it's a longevity, you know, form of yoga and it's wonderful. Um, The other lineage is um, from Patabi Joyce, and he teaches Ashtanga yoga, which is the more sweaty. It's where power and flow and the sun salutations. It's my favorite. Yes, and he's wonderful. And he, he, his lineage, that that all of that power and flow yoga comes from from his. And then the third is Desika Char, and he he believed more in the gentle connecting breath with movement yoga which is sort of it's what we do in the gentle classes in our classes where people are going through treatment and it's connecting breath with movement so it's a moving meditation it's 
It's about restoring your energy, improving the improving the immune system through relaxing the central nervous system. Um, wonderful poses to open up the chest to increase lung capacity. Gentle things to open up your hips. You know to keep the joints supple to move the spine very gently. It's all about just moving the joints and moving the body slowly. There's a little bit of strengthening, there's a little bit of stretching and a lot of breathing. So that's sort of what our focus is on, and it's called Vinny Yoga, Mm V-I-N-I, not like my cousin Vinny. (laughs) Hey, hey, Let's go do some yoga. Yo. (laughs) Then get a sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) So I always say that, you're doing Vinny Yoga, people, and they they look at me like I'm like, not my cousin Vinny, it's V-I-N-I, V-I-N-I Yoga. So that's sort of, those are the three traditions, gentle, power, and Iyengar. Those are sort of, and everything else that you see, I know there's like yoga booty ballet now. It's yeah, there's so That's many. its own beast. Yes. Yeah, and so a... there's all kinds of things that people go off into different directions with. But those are kind of the three mainstays that people, where we start from. Yeah, I love all these different types of yoga, man. I love just like looking on my, I'm in class class and I can just look up all the studios and pick what I want to take that day. And man, are there choices. So yes. It's really fun to go experience different ones and go, you know what? I really like this. I don't like that. But the first time I ever took Iyengar yoga was there was four poses in the mm-hmm. entire class. So <laughs> 60 minutes or maybe like an hour and 15 minutes, you know, because it's usually a little longer. You do four poses total. Oh my God. I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, I was like, why aren't I home cleaning my apartment? Why aren't I working? Like, <laughs> Wait, what am I doing? Were you sitting in each pose for like 15 minutes? Yes. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that would drive me crazy. No, yeah. it I'm drove too me crazy. For I was too impatient. I yeah. couldn't relax. I was like, what am I doing? I wish this was more hardcore. And I was like, I'll never do that again. The next day, I felt like I had run like a half marathon, like in a good way. Yeah. I felt energetic my muscles were like loose like a little sore but like loose and like just in a good way I felt so good after that class I was like interesting you know it really did a lot in those restorative poses Mm -hmm. for 15 minutes each it's putting your body in positions that they would never be in it reversed my chronic back issue you know because always I'm sitting like forward on a computer and we were doing reverse poses of that and if I did that every day I bet I would have no back issues because you know most people have back issues from sitting at a computer myself included um so I like Iyengar I'm really Mm -hmm. into it and you know one that you didn't mention that I want to ask you about is Kundalini because that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorites too oh yeah Kundalini is wonderful I don't have a lot of experience with it Golden Bridge I took a few classes uh with Gurmuk but it's a very it's a very breath-centered repetitive motion yeah um it's very fiery it's it's about moving the Kundalini uh, uh you know up your spine and moving energy up your spine it's fiery it's beautiful it's a beautiful form of yoga I don't know much about it I didn't really have it in any of my training because yeah. I we had you know a little bit of it but but I I sort of went into the Vinny Iyengar um um techniques that for some reason those spoke to me yeah so that's where so I don't I'm afraid I don't know too much about kundalini but I know it's really helpful I know uh uh Gurmuk used to do these wonderful classes for women prenatal classes she was very popular it's a great it's a great form of yoga for women having children yeah and it's a great community too yeah it is a great community Mm -hmm. I actually had a roommate that went through the teacher training at Golden Bridge Mm -hmm. and when I was living with her and talked me into going to classes with her and I was full on like I had started really loving yoga when I did power yoga with Brian Kast and Santa Monica I, did, was, I did that too yeah <laughs> that was that was one when that's yep. where I fell in love with it I'm like I like this and yeah and it was fun and it was funny and like if you did a balance pose he's like you know fall if you're gonna fall like do it try yeah. it who cares he made it fun 
when I went with her to Kundalini Yoga, and she loved it. That was her. That was her style. She was becoming a teacher. Um, all of this anger would come up in me mm-hmm. because we would do these. Mo- it, it's very vigorous. It's almost mm-hmm. for me. It was a little too much. Um, we were doing some exercises. The next day, I had broken blood vessels in my mm-hmm. behind my legs because we were slapping our legs on the floor, and it was. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the class, I did feel I had a lot of energy. I felt like yep. I had gotten body work or energy work, and I felt like. It's a huge it was release. Yes. You know, it's, I've never experienced anything like it that, you know, all yoga is about the power of the breath, but that breath of fire breathing, mm-hmm. the state of mind that for me it brings me into and the state of heightened awareness, I have never gotten anywhere else. So I do like it in that aspect. It's a little scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's scary how intense it is, but it's it, a good scary. It is. It brings stuff up. Yeah. And I think, you know, yoga is experiential and everybody has to... I mean, I, I tell people, try it all. Try every different type and see what sticks. And sometimes it'll just be a teacher that you'll love the teacher and you don't even know what kind of yoga you're doing. Yes. But you connect with the teacher. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. You're just like, I love this. I feel so good afterward. What, what's it called? Hatha yoga. People always say, what's Hatha yoga? What is Hatha yoga? Hatha yoga. What is Hatha yoga? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Tell us. I know. It's, it, there was a, there was an, it's funny. There was an article in the LA Times. Um, I think it was not this past January, the one before. And it was an article about yoga and cancer and how uh, patients were taking three times a week um, and their inflammation markers were going down and their fatigue was going down through hatha yoga. Mm -hmm. So the places that these different places at Cedars that we were teaching at, they'd say, I brought the article in to show them to say, look, this is really happening and there's these wonderful studies being done now. And they said, well, we want hatha yoga. And I said, well, you have Hatha yoga. Hatha yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations, you have it. You have it. Hatha yoga just means the physical practice of yoga. Got it. It's just an umbrella term for all the different styles and techniques. It just means... There's actually... I studied this in college. There's actually nine tenets of yoga right there's there's breath there's right way there's right speech there's the poses there's thought right that's exactly mm -hmm. there's they're called the eight limbs of yoga right and they're the yamas and the niyamas sort of the do unto others of yoga yoga i always make sure to let people know sometimes because there's so many different wonderful i mean we live in la and there's so many wonderful traditions and different spirituality spirituality and and practices religions and all of that and and yoga is not a religion. So sometimes when we om in the hospital or uh, any kind of chanting, which we don't do too much of, we always have to say that, you know, this is just a philosophy. It's just a way to look at things. It's a way to look at life. It doesn't interfere with your religious practices at all. Right. Um, it's really unfortunate that... That you have to America, say that. <laughs> yeah, that you have to say that and that, that people have that kind of reaction because chanting is so good for mm-hmm. your body and your mind. And it, I mean, it's a type of... You know, it's it's when you chant, your body is vibrating. You're connecting your your sound energy yeah. to the universe, and it's it's also like can release stuff in you. When I give um, when I do body work on people, and they're holding, if they have a knot, mm-hmm. and I can tell that they're just holding, I say sound it out. You know, whatever it is, um, That's so great. use sound to let it go, and it works. It really does. And when you're oming, I always say after we om at the beginning or end of a class. It's hard to think about anything when you're oming. You're just in this vibration. You're in this sound, this all-encompassing, all-encompassing sound, and it's really um, they love the students love it. It's just this vibration that you're in, and you're you're in this community of people, and you're you're sealing your practice at the end. You've done this physical, spiritual, breath, meditative practice. At the end, you make this sound together, and it's 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 a seal. It's a connectedness to to each other and to the world. And there's something really beautiful about that. 
Absolutely. And, you know, just the fact of quieting your mind during that time, because a lot of people, unless they have their own practice, they don't get a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're constantly bombarded with people, whether it's the people you work with, whether it's your family, whether it's your loving pets, um, whether it's your emails, your cell phone going off. We don't have a lot of time to be alone with our thoughts and be alone to clear them. And so what an important ritual to like be in that space and get away for a minute and especially the people that you're working with who Mm -hmm. are suffering and they really need that how healing it's really healing it's um yoga is really about being and feeling and most of our lives are about seeming and looking you know we have to we have to be different things to different people we're a sister or a daughter or a or a friend or whatever we are right and sometimes we have to you know rise to the occasion and push through things that are really difficult for us and we don't just allow ourselves to be I had a my mother was very ill for most of my life um I'm originally from New York and Connecticut and um from the age of she was misdiagnosed this is part of the reason I got into this work too she was in the late 70s early 80s diagnosed with multiple sclerosis mm, and too. yours too mm-hmm. And they they gave her they gave her intravenous steroids Ugh. for years and years and years and oh, it was wow. before there was an internet and there was before you know yeah. I was in my teens and early twenties and I just was I thought this was medicine that was helping my mother right. I, I had no idea what it was doing to her yeah I mean heartbreaking uh, later you know years later we were doing the MS walkathons my sisters and I am the oldest of four Find girls a cure. Yeah, yeah we were in it and and. My mother all along kept saying, I don't think I have this. I don't know why, but I don't think I have this. And, wow. And so finally, um, we went to another... And she's also from that generation that you listen to your doctor. And yes. your doctor yeah. knows. And they doctor give you... Doctor all. That's it. Yes. So she finally went and had some tests done. She went to this female doctor that had been recommended. And the doctor did a few little exam things with her and said, I don't think you have MS. This oh was my God! Ten years later, after a diagnosis. Wow. She said, "You have Lyme disease. I think you have Lyme." <gasps> what? Wow. Yeah, she had Lyme disease. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And so she then, and apparently, steroids are the worst thing you can do for Lyme disease. It's like adding gasoline to a fire. Oh, oh my God! So she uh, then had to go on hardcore um, antibiotics. Mm. And never really, really recovered from it. And so her bones got very, you know, they were like Swiss cheese. She had such bad osteoporosis. And she walked with a cane when she was 72. And yeah. she died in 2013, finally, but it had all Sorry. kinds of complications. And yeah. so I just, part of my work is for her. Yeah. And it's to help anybody who didn't get the help they needed. And to, you know, and, and it's that's why our classes, too, are so wonderful and supportive. Because these women... You know, they, they, they exchange notes about doctors and yeah. who are you seeing and what are you taking and what are they giving you? Why, why don't you try this? This is working for me. You know, here's a vitamin regimen that you should be trying. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my doctor told me to try this and I maybe I shouldn't be on this right. uh, particular, you know, chemotherapy. Maybe And, and so it's amazing that, that they get all this information from one another and yeah. they, they bond and they, they're friends and... And they have this group to go to. And I just wish my mother had had that. Oh, I'm getting chills because yeah. I wish that my parents had had that 
community yes to ask questions to i felt so alone mm-hmm. i was an only child mm-hmm. i had two sick parents you know at two different times but still just felt so alone and we were only getting one opinion from mm-hmm. one doctor in a small town there was no google there mm-hmm. were no options presented to us this is my mother's case which was you know, she was diagnosed with MS just before 1980, just before I was born. Mm-hmm. And apparently um, pregnancy really turns on some of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So her symptoms got worse and worse for mm-hmm. the next 25 years. Um, and so she was walking with a cane as well. Mm-hmm. And she did have MS because she showed all the signs. But they were just pumping her full of drugs. Mm-hmm. And every new drug had a new side effect. And nothing worked. Mm-hmm. Nothing helped her. Mm-hmm. Only thing that could do was knock her out to be out of her pain. And that's mm-hmm. no way to live. No. You know? And there was no community. There's no one to talk to about nutrition. Mm-hmm. Does nutrition matter? No, the doctor mm-hmm. would say. And so what you're building is like exactly what people need. People need that resource to go hey, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. let's go out for tea, just like you're saying, and build that community. So I think it's amazing what you're doing. And we don't, we don't, we, they're doing it. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? right. They're doing it. We're just the facilitators. I, yeah. I just feel like I'm facilitating this. And, and you know, it, it, and it, I have to say, it's a really joyous place, these classes, even though they're taking place no, in hospitals. I want to come. Can we come? <laughs> I know. If you could, I would like, they only, I mean, you have to have cancer to get in. <laughs> okay, don't worry about <laughs> So no, I good. will not be in your class. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, but the thing that's so wonderful about it is, I mean, people come in and they have their what did you do today? And we're talking about movies and are you watching the new thing on PBS and what happened on Downton Abbey last night? It's like a social club. It's a social club. And are we going for tea? And what are we doing? And how's your son? And how's your daughter? And, you know, they, their lives just become intertwined and they care about each other. And it's, it is, it's, a, it's, it's community. In yoga, we call it sangha. And mm-hmm. it's, it's people exchanging ideas and feelings and they can just be, you know, as you said, the practice is really about having the learning to just be, which yeah. is so hard and so uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. I mean, even when you're healthy, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But when you're going through treatment, to just be and 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 feel, and there's sometimes a lot of tears. We'll have people walk in and they've lost all their hair, mm-hmm. and um, and every woman they'll walk in they'll look around and they'll burst into tears and every woman will come around that woman and there'll be a huddle in the middle of the room and don't worry honey i've been there i mean everybody in that room knows exactly what the other ones have gone through and there's nothing more incredible to me than that the yoga is secondary Mm -hmm. you know it really is holding space for healing yes and that happens on many different it happens Mm -hmm. many different ways Mm -hmm. it can happen with an om it can happen with a hug it can happen with a burst of tears Mm -hmm. you're just holding space for it to be whatever they need to be that's exactly and that holding space is such a beautiful way to put it it is holding space there's nothing we can do we can't fix we can't, you know, we wish we could. I have a beautiful beautiful thing I want to read later about fixing and serving and being and all of that. Should I read it now? Sure, yeah. Okay, I'm going to rustle the papers. That's okay. <laughs> this is a wonderful um, piece of writing by a woman named Rachel Remen, and she's a cancer survivor. Um, I, she may have passed away by now. Actually, this was written in 2007, but she lived with it for many, many years. Um this was brought to Kathleen and I by uh, 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 another one of our teachers. After we did the LMU training, we we realized we needed to know more about yoga and cancer. So we studied with this wonderful woman named Yanni Chapman. She's an RN. She's a nurse in San Francisco, and she's a yogi, and she's been teaching yoga for I don't know how many years, decades. 
and she is one of these like inspirational incredible people that you just you feel so lucky to meet she's living she's living her 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 life in such a beautiful way and um walks the walk talks the talk all of it and is an amazing person so we went to new york she had a teacher training called she her program is called ycat yoga for cancer and chronic illness mm -hmm. and she teaches teachers how to teach that's great so we did a program with her in new york for 10 days and then we did an internship with her as well out here for six months and um and she she just feeds us with wonderful pieces of information whether it's you know asana breath work inspiration spirituality and all of that so she brought this to our attention and i just love it because it's something that we can all pick up from in our lives um anybody that's had that's had a sick parent or a sick friend and is going through a difficult time this is important i think uh rachel remen from 2000 she says service is not the same as helping helping is based on inequality it's not a relationship between equals when you help you use your own strength to help someone with less strength it's a one-up, one-down relationship, and people feel this inequality. When we help, we inadvertently take away more than we give, diminishing the person's sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Now, when I help, I am very aware of my own strength, but we don't serve with our strength, we serve with ourselves. We draw from all of our experiences. Our wounds serve, our limitations serve, even our darkness serves. The wholeness in us serves the wholeness in the other and the wholeness in life. Helping incurs debt. When you help someone, they owe you. But service is mutual. When I help, I have a feeling of satisfaction, but when I serve, I have a feeling of gratitude. Serving is also different to fixing. We fix broken pipes, we don't fix people. When I, when I set about fixing another person, it's because I see them as broken. Fixing is a form of judgment that separates us from one another. It creates distance. So fundamentally, helping, fixing, and serving are ways of seeing life. When you help, you see life as weak. When you fix, you see life as broken. When you serve, you see life as whole. When we serve in this way, we understand that this person's suffering is also my suffering that their joy is also my joy, and that the impulse to serve arises naturally. Our natural wisdom and compassion presents itself quite easily, quite simply. A server knows that they're being used and the willingness to be used in true service of something greater is a wonderful thing. We may help or fix many things in our lives, but when we serve, we are always in the service of wholeness. That is amazing it's amazing it's a paradigm shift yeah you know I went to the University of Santa Monica and mm. got uh, my grad graduate degree there and that is that should be on their website because mm -hmm. that is exactly what you learn mm -hmm. we are here to serve mm -hmm. and the whole thing is doing everything without judgment exactly and you know that good feeling you get when you help someone out that's not lasting. Mm -hmm. That's not real. Mm -hmm. It's service. That is so beautiful. It's like service is love. That's mm -hmm. the highest form of love, mm -hmm. of showing your love to the world and to yourself. I love the part about someone else's suffering is my suffering. It's mm -hmm. like it, it's unifying in terms of humanity. and We're not all separate. Yeah, and, it's, and it reminds me of like what the horrible tragedy that happened in Paris. You know, despite... I actually know someone who lost someone, who lost mm -hmm. a family member there, and mm -hmm. 
despite all that, you do see unification and mm-hmm. and solidarity and mm-hmm. you know different countries mm-hmm. flying the the French mm-hmm. flag colors on monuments because it it does bring out this kind of compassion and their suffering is our suffering. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really true. It's um. I just love that because I was a helper and a fixer for so long with my mother when she was sick. I thought I was yeah. helping her, but and I and I was, but it was it. I wish I had known this, you know, sooner because I would have served her better than than I did. But I was young, and you know, you do the best you can. But it's a beautiful paradigm shift about somebody, you know, some of us that kind of grow up very codependently and try to help and fix and have compassion for everybody, and, and you know, this endless you know vessel of compassion and there's such a thing as compassion fatigue as well yeah. you just have to you know after a while you have to you have to take care of yourself in this work as well because it is it is difficult you see beautiful joyous wonderful things but you also see the sadness in life and how difficult it can be in the struggle so you have to sort of refill and, and I think this idea of being of service is so helpful in that because while you're doing it it's more energizing than the yeah. fixing and the helping it that's more draining yeah and I would challenge you to think about what you just said in the fact that, oh, you, you could have been more helpful to your mother. No, you were serving her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, in every way that you could and not to judge that. Well, thank you. It, it's it's when you look back, you know, it's like it's, it's so hard. But I do the same thing. I'm talking to myself. Really. I know. Right. OK, good. Well, we'll talk to each other. The other thing I would love to share, too, I was teaching this about two, two years ago. I was teaching one of my gentle classes and one of my students came up and said she was having a really hard time in treatment. She said, I, I just Allison, she was in tears. She said, I just feel broken. I just feel like I'm mm. broken. And I knew what to say to her. I knew to hug her and hold her and say, you are not broken. Your soul is 100% intact. You're just going through the most challenging time of your life and you are whole and you are perfect. And this is just a difficult time. But I didn't have, again, like in my teacher training, which 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 forced me to, to, to continue to educate myself and specialize in this. I didn't have a proactive sort of answer for her. I felt sort of stumped. Like I can give her compassion, but can I give her help? Can I serve her? So um, the next day, another student of mine said, um, you know, I'm a year and a half out of treatment now, and I come from a culture where we do a lot of entertaining, and my husband really expects me now. I'm a year and a half out of chemo. I'm cancer-free. I'm okay. But I have good days and bad days, and I don't really feel like getting dressed up every Saturday night and throwing out a big dinner and polishing the silver, and I just, and he doesn't understand. He's like, you're done. You've had cancer, you're done, it's over. What's done is done, move on, let's live our mm-hmm. lives. And she said, but I don't feel that way. Okay. And again, I didn't proactively know how to kind of help her. So later that day, I went to go see a private client of mine who's wonderful, she's a Jungian analyst. And I have five- A what analyst? Jung, Carl Jung. Oh, Carl cool. Jung, and I have five, <laughs> I always joke, I have five- Jungian. Jungian. <laughs> Jungian analyst. I have five Jungian analysts that I see privately that I teach yoga to, and I always say it's no secret, it's no, it's no mistake. I have five no. analysts that I see every week. No, <laughs> no mistake at all. So, um, so she, she was excited. She was going to a conference, a Carl Jung conference in San Francisco that weekend. I said, okay, what's it about? And she said, well, it's about this hin- Hindu goddess named Akhilendeshwari. And I said, what does that mean? She said, the goddess who, the woman who is never not broken. And in Sanskrit, there's a lot of double negatives, meaning it's double negative means a positive. And I thought broken. I've heard broken a couple of times in the last two days. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. 
So she told me a little bit about her and I immediately went home and I started Googling her and all these beautiful, I mean, she's depicted in so many wrestling, the riding on the crocodile yeah. and, you know, she's got strength and beauty and I have a, a little picture in front of you. This is a, it's a, it's a statue that somebody made and the idea is that we are all quote unquote broken and in our broken places is where our compassion and our light and our love shines through. So mm-hmm. we are to honor that and we are to carry that with us. We can't forget a loved one that is no longer with us. We cannot forget and pretend we didn't have cancer and be over it. It's always going to be part of who we are. Absolutely. And 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 the part of who we are that when we get through those times and those things hopefully leads to our compassion and our kindness to everyone around us. And that's the light and the beauty. And that's what Akilanda Shwari, she's a woman. If you look her up online, there's different depictions. It, it almost They almost look like Picasso paintings. Some of them, like there's a head in one corner and a leg underneath and an arm to the right. But there's always this bright sh- light shining through her broken pieces. So I started talking about her in classes and making these handouts. And all of the women really resonated. She really mm-hmm. resonated. She said, that's how I, f-, they, they said, that's how I feel. I feel like I was broken, but now I have this compassion and I understand. And it's not something that I can just get over. It's so American. Just get over it. Right. Move yeah. on. Yeah. You know, but it's always going to be a part. And Pema Chodron, who I love, who's a wonderful, she's a Buddhist um, nun, an American Buddhist nun. And she says, and I always put this quote with this picture of Akilandashori. She says, we think that the, per- the point is to pass the test or overcome the problem, but the truth is that things don't really get solved. They come together and they fall apart. Then they come together again and fall apart again. It's just like that. The healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, room for relief, for misery, for joy. And it's really true. It's not about fixing things and holding it together. It's about letting it all hang out and letting our compassion and whatever you know teaching from our darkness teaching from our mistakes teaching from all of it i had a rough year last year i was going through menopause and it just really hit me very hard and i i had to stop working for a little while i felt so crummy and i had a lot of doctors that gave me things that were not helpful Mm -hmm. and i felt crummy and it was a it was a hard time and i i feel now I can honestly say it's probably one of the best thing, things that's ever happened to me because I do feel now, I, I, I've never had cancer. I've never, I would never presume to know what that is at all except experiencing what I see with my students who I love so much. But, um, but I do know what it's like to suffer and I do know what it's like to be out of work and I do know what it's like to wonder if I'm ever going to get better. And I do know those things and it's, it's brought me to a greater connection now with the students. I really feel like I have a little bit more of a connection and understanding on some level. And um, Akilanda Shwari is a big help and she's, she's amazing. I love her. I had come across the tale of her. I don't remember how, but mm-hmm. I remember what the pictures of her look mm-hmm. like. And she's, yeah, she's all like, she's basically like a puzzle piece or yes. a, a puzzle that like has been put back together. And I think I remember the the folklore about her is that she does fall apart and then comes back together mm-hmm. again and she's riding on a crocodile, which yep. I thought was so badass. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, you're broken, but you're still a warrior priestess. Exactly. And um, one of the fav- one of my favorite Pema Children books is When Things Fall Apart. Mine too. Love it. Mm-hmm. One of the best. I think I've read it three times. I love it. I, I think I need to read it again. I haven't read it in a while. You, you but can, yeah, I have yeah. it. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah. It's a beautiful book. 
All right, I love it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Allison's tips for meditation, eating well, and extended exhalation. And we're going to find out what the heck yoga nidra is. Do you know what that is? I think so. Okay. Maybe? I'm going to find out. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. What yoga nidra is. No, had maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. No, I don't think I, I don't know what it is. And I've had 100 hours in, in yoga therapy teacher training. Okay. And I don't know what it is. So we'll find out. That's next after a brief message from our sponsors. Food Heals Nation, if you're like us, you care a lot about the food that you put into your body because you know that food heals. The problem is that good, healthy food can be extremely expensive, but it doesn't have to be. That's why we were thrilled to discover Thrive Market. ThriveMarket.com is like the Costco for everything healthy online. That's right. It's an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries up to 50% off retail prices. Ship nationally for free. They have brands that I buy all the time like Simply Organic, Garden of Life, Dr. Bronner's, Tom's, Nutiva, 7th Generation, Gaia, and so many more. So basically everything I'm already buying at Whole Foods, right? Exactly, but at 25 to 50% off. And you can easily filter everything by your preferences. Gluten-free, vegan, raw, non-GMO, organic, and even fair trade. But what I love most about Thrive Market is their charitable cause. For every paid membership, ThriveMarket.com donates a free membership to a low-income family, a teacher, or a military family. How awesome is that? This is a game-changer, Food Heals Nation, because you never have to pay full price for healthy foods again. That's why we scored an exclusive discount for you. Yes, so check out Thrive Market and get two months free membership plus 15% off your first order. Join the movement at thrivemarket.com slash foodheals. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Allison Crowley, whose yoga techniques help relieve chronic back pain and serve as part of a support system for those in cancer treatment. Her programs also help to reduce the stress and anxiety that accompany most medical issues. Allison, my neighbor, designs safe, gentle, and effective yoga programs or prescriptions to meet the needs of specific health concerns. She works carefully to stretch and strengthen the body while improving circulation and range of motion. All right, Allison, you're going to tell us your top tips for meditation, eating well, and extended exhalation. But first, what the heck is Yoga Nidra? Yoga Nidra, it's such a good one. It is, first of all, let me say the, the, the master of Yoga Nidra in this country that I've studied with that I love, his name is Richard Miller. And if anybody's interested in his um, DVDs or CDs or any of that, um, it's I rest, I like igloo, rest.com. He actually worked with... Um, uh, soldiers coming back from Iraq at Walter Reed Hospital using this technique for post-traumatic stress syndrome. So it's a wonderful um, relaxation, not only for stress, but for major stress and trauma. And we find a lot of that with our students um, going through treatment, of course. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a high-powered you know, Shavasana, final relaxation. So there's different ways to do it. There's different techniques, but it's done on your back like a relaxation. And it's sort of scanning the body. Um, in different ways and allowing yourself to feel and to be in different ways. He, he's also um, a psychologist, so he 
He's a master. I think he has a PhD as well. So he uses that as well um, in his work with Yoga Nidra. There's different techniques and different forms, but it's basically, it can be anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes of a, of a deep relaxation and allowing yourself to be. He'll talk people through certain situations that they've been through, traumas that they've been through, and releasing different parts of their bodies. Mm-hmm. And we do it sort of as a, you might tense up a part of your body and then let it go and, and notice what that relaxation feels like rather than a, your shoulders up by your ears. What does it feel like to relax them down and away from your ears? And it's, it's, it's really just a high-powered, really beautiful way of practicing self-soothing. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think I've done for various forms of that mm-hmm. throughout the years mm-hmm. in different classes and things, especially some of the longer ones that really focus on the meditation and do it for a good 30 minutes rather than just the last 10, like, you know, typical yoga studios do it for 10 minutes. But if you really want to experience it, mm-hmm. do it for a little bit longer. Exactly. And people sometimes will cry and sometimes people will, um, sometimes people fall asleep Um it's it's just a beautiful technique and he's the master of it so i i've studied with him a little bit but if i i urge anybody who's interested in yoga nidra anybody that's gone through any trauma or stress day-to-day stress of any kind of physical or mental anguish suffering yoga nidra richard miller is the way to go i don't know if it's the same thing but once a teacher said something that I've only heard in one class. Mm-hmm. They, I've never heard it again. I don't know if it was just that teacher putting their own thing, spin on things, or if it was from a textbook. I have no idea. But they did the typical, okay, relax your fingertips, relax this, relax that. And then he said, where does it hurt? Mm-hmm. And it was like a dagger. I was like, mm-hmm. where does it hurt? Where doesn't it hurt? It hurts everywhere. <laughs> you know, like I had a moment mm-hmm. and it was an emotional hurt and yeah. it was something I was working on and I just had a moment like letting go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people cried. I fucking cried. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> not Absolutely. Absolutely. People have sat up in, in, in classes that I've taught. I, I remember early in my teaching career before I really knew how to handle it, uh, a woman in the middle of Shavasana just sat straight up tears streaming down her face crying and I came over to comfort her and she said I don't even know why I'm crying right now I don't even know why I'm crying right now but I can't stop crying because it really I mean there's layers of you know in yoga there's the koshas the sheaths of the body these layers the mind body layer the emotional layer there's there's you know it's all connected when you when you're embarrassed you your face flushes red there's a there's a connection when you're nervous you get butterflies in your stomach the mind and body are they're completely one one. they're yoked that's what yoga means (laughs) right to yoke to join (laughs) yeah absolutely so so that's yoga nidra and it's really a wonderful practice um especially people with people going through illnesses and and even caretakers we sometimes have uh, caretakers come to our classes mm-hmm. as well because that's a, it's very stressful for them as well. Because they can take it on. It's like, oh yeah, especially when you're caring for someone, you don't know how to set up boundaries mm-hmm. or how to be com- be compassionate without joining someone in their suffering. Mm-hmm. It it's can be challenging. And if yeah. you're an empath yeah. at all, you know you can hold it in your body and all kinds of things. And and, and I always find it amazing because our body always tries to protect us mm-hmm. physically I see it with people that walk down the street they're kind of lopsided or have one shoulder mm-hmm. up higher than the other You're, and they think they're fine mm-hmm. and even emotionally our body always tries to, and our mind tries to protect us and tries to be like oh, it's fine I, I can handle it I can take on it but mm-hmm. then sometimes you just reach a level and tears streaming down your face in yeah. yoga class and you don't know why and it's so good and I always say cry when people cry it's salt water is the most healing thing through tears through sweat through sitting at the beach and looking at the ocean you know, salt water is a healing thing. And, you know, Walk let yourself barefoot in the sand. do it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, the next one is Eating Well. And I have this wonderful uh, book that I read in Yanni Chapman's program, the YCAP program. It's called Anti-Cancer, A New Way of Life by a Dr. David Servan Schreiber. And he was a French doctor. Um, uh, and he was doing tests. I think it was for, it was for uh, bipolar or manic depression or something. Anyway, he had... I'm not getting this completely right, but I read the book about five years ago, but I love it and I have a paper that I wrote on it. So, um, but the, the gist of it is, is that he, he, he was doing a study and one of the patients didn't show up to have this CAT scan because they were looking at brains to see what a bipolar brain looks like or, and so he was with his colleagues and he said, I'll jump in the, I'll jump in the, in the, and get, and get the film. Let's do my head. Let's just look Ooh. at my head. And he had a, huge cancerous tumor in his head wow um and he was very young um in his 30s i believe and he uh with medical treatment with western medical treatment wanted to find a way to live a good quality of life they gave him not very long to live mm. but through diet and lifestyle changes he lived for 15 years wow That's so awesome. um he it's a wonderful book what was and his diet like it was uh mostly plant-based um, he talked a lot about antioxidants, mm. raspberries, blueberries. Raspberries are actually better than blueberries, which I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't know either. Load up on your raspberries. I love them. Really good. And all organic, of course. Um, uh, he talks about mushrooms and all different kinds. The cutting. fun ones? The fun <laughs> No, just kidding. No. You know, no, whatever, whatever it takes. <laughs> if you need to do that you know whatever it takes I, no there's a ton of I, I i'm kidding but there's a ton of mushrooms that i know of that have that are very, yeah very good for cancer yes absolutely absolutely i worked for a little while in a um uh, uh, uh legal marijuana uh, dispensary here a couple of years ago and and um it was kind of funny because they 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 were so lovely and i i showed up and there was like a security guard outside and then you had to with a gun and you had to go in and, with a gun oh yeah oh yeah oh my god with a big yeah and, and then you walked in there was like this sushi bar with pot all kinds of different you know edibles i've and, seen the edibles yeah and the menu and i thought they were going to put me in a room with the yoga people doing yoga with chronic illness and it sort of turned out that a lot of people that were showing up were not chronically ill they were there to get their pot and take a yoga class and mm -hmm. and you know some of them might say so what's going on with you what's going on with your body well I went to the gym last week and I kind of think I hurt my leg a little bit or and I I was told that I'd be teaching people with cancer and chronic illness and oh, right. it was really people who were and anyway I thought I'd be in a different room but I was in the vaporizing room teaching yoga oh my gosh and people would be taking hits off off their vapes <laughs> and you know coming back to do another down dog <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's I, a different type of yoga class it's a different type of yoga class and I, you know I'm, I'm physically placing them like they can, they're so stoned they cannot move and <gasps> and I remember saying to the to the uh I walked out my first day I walked outside after teaching and I looked up and I went my the sky is so blue today. <laughs> oh my god it's so it's just so blue and I called my husband he's like you're stoned I'm like I can't be stoned he's like come home you can't drive a car come home so sure enough, I asked the, the, the sushi bar pot manager behind the sushi bar. I said, can you can I get a contact high from this? He's like, why do you think I work here? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> they God. They could have told you. Yeah. So I, I couldn't work there any longer. Yeah. I, I lasted for two classes. But so not those kind of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> 
but um, but he talks yeah he talks about an antioxidant diet and really to and meditating and walking and breathing and doing things you love and yeah. changing your lifestyle. He was a very you know type A doctor. Uh, my career is my life. Yeah. And he just had to that had to change, and he 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 that took a back seat, and it was about his health and his well being and his diet and and his story is not unique. So many people mm-hmm. do that, and sometimes mm-hmm. it is that you know not saying that it caused it, but it is that hard hitting type A have to make it you know mm-hmm. personality, and your career is your life, and so you take everything else for granted and you're not living your true passion. You're just trying to get to somewhere, but you're never going to get there. Exactly, and that's what you have to figure out is you're never going to get anywhere you have to be here where are you right now that's where you are exactly and it sounds kind of silly but it's so true so Mm -hmm. take a moment go where am I right now okay be okay with that that's right and yoga I always tell people it's a marathon it's not a sprint and it yoga it's different on different days Iyengar used to say I start every practice as a beginner Mm. because there's always something new to learn Mm -hmm. yeah and if you look at it with fresh eyes it keeps you more in the moment and that's really what it's all about yeah so, um, so eating well. The other thing that um, uh, uh, yoga extended exhalation breathing is just belly breathing. It's sort of a nice thing for relaxation for people. We do it in all of our classes. Is laying on your back and putting your hands on your belly and breathing for a few breaths and sort of notice. You can kind of count how many counts it takes for an inhale and how many counts it takes for an exhale. And then slowly as you continue, you try to make the exhale a little bit longer, extending it like letting air out of a tire. And that is very calming to the central nervous system. So anytime you feel anxious or like you're going to hyperventilate or you're going to have an MRI or you're going through chemo, I've had many students say the extended exhalation really helped me. I put a little mantra to that for them sometimes. It's from a wonderful book called Beginning Mindfulness by Andrew Weiss, who's also a cancer survivor. And he it's a Buddhist meditation practice. And he he has you just say to yourself as you're breathing, and we do it in all of our classes, I know I'm breathing in on the inhale. I know I'm breathing out on the exhale. And you can just say that to yourself anytime during the day. I, I try and do it before I start my car three mm-hmm. times. I just say, I know I'm breathing in. I know I'm breathing out. Three times. And it really changes the ride. You know, it as does. much as it's like it, it gives your mind something to focus on, mm-hmm. and then you're doing the breath to calm the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're present because the breath is always in the present. The breath cannot be anywhere else but in the present. So that's why we focus on it. Yeah. I do this a lot before bed. I find it very calming, especially mm-hmm. if I've had a stressful, hectic day or I don't feel like I always go to bed thinking, oh, I didn't get everything done I could have done. I just have that type of personality and I know I need to let that go. But hey, it is what it is. And so I have to do that really, really slow breathing to bring my mind out of that like mm-hmm. to-do list. Oh, you got to do this tomorrow. You got to do this tomorrow, right? So it's the, the only thing that brings me out is the breath. It's gonna, so good. I'm going to give you a challenge. Okay. This is something, that's something that I used to do too. Yeah. And then recently I started telling myself at the end of the day, what did I, what did I get done today? As opposed to saying what I didn't get done. Absolutely. Because I know you're accomplishing so much every day <laughs> and you're just not giving yourself credit for it. I'm a to-do list crosser offer. It gives me so much joy to cross something off. Me and too. when I don't, it gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that person too. I totally am. And my husband said to me, which I love, he's like, accept that about yourself. Before you go to bed, if that's racing through your mind, what did I not get done? I am the I don't know what I got done today person. Accept that, that you are that person. Yeah. And that's exactly who you are, and it's okay. Yeah. And that's who you are. And then you'll do some deep breathing, and you're not going to fight it. What we resist persists in yes. yoga. This is a lot of what we teach. What we resist persists. So this 
This it's and a in one life. And in life. Yeah. So just go through it. Robert Frost says the only way out is through. Yes. Right? You you want to go over it, under it, around it, you yes. know, whichever way you can, but the only way out is to go through it. Which brings me to Tonglen meditation, which is another tip that I would give. Um, and anybody can Google Tonglen. I've seen it spelt two different ways, T-O-N-G-L-E-N or L-I-N, either way, Tonglen meditation. And Pema Chodron teaches it. It's a Tibetan Buddhist type of meditation. I'm not a Buddhist, but I, I love this meditation. And it's really about breathing in whatever the suffering is. Rather than pushing it away and resisting it, if you're going through chemo and having a hard day through that, if you're going through relationship problems, financial problems, you can do it for someone else. You can do it for a friend that's going through a hard time. You breathe it in, you breathe in, and you can use visuals, whatever it takes. You sort of breathe it into the body, you breathe in the suffering, and then you breathe out into the ocean of the world, of the universe, compassion, love, and kindness for yourself and for everyone else who's going through this particular struggle. Yes. And you breathe it in, You t and people get scared. What, I don't wanna breathe in more suffering. But you, you breathe it in and then you breathe it out and you release the suffering in yourself and everybody else because we all, suffering is a universal thing and we do it in all different ways and we have all different times in our lives that are difficult, but everybody can connect to having a hard time. It makes you feel less alone. Look, yes. whatever you're going through, someone has been through it, will mm -hmm. go through it and is going through it. You know, so taking that time to respect yourself and respect them and honor yourself and where you are at that moment is really healing. And I think the Chopra Center has a good meditation on that because I've heard it before. Absolutely. Tonglen meditation is very powerful and that's exactly what it, it, it's about feeling connected to the universe and to each other because when we breathe in our suffering, we're breathing in everybody else's suffering and vice versa and it really is about breathing it in to heal it because once you've, once you've accepted it and, and let it go, you're not fighting it anymore and that's really... And that's where magic can sometimes mm -hmm. happen. Awareness is the first step to healing. It, yeah. it is. And that is a beautiful meditation to do. And you can just do it. You can do it while you're talking to somebody. It's greater on the holidays. If you're with family members that are difficult or people that you may not be comfortable with, you can just breathe in their suffering. Wow, this person, you know, if you're having a difficult time with somebody, they must be going through something really challenging to be acting this way to me right now. Yeah. So I'm going to breathe it in and breathe out compassion for them and myself because we all are confused and angry and whatever sometimes and it we're all connected absolutely um i have a really funny example of this uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um that doesn't relate to disease but i feel like it's such a universal principle that this is a perfect example of when this just happened to me two nights ago um, so I'm watching a friend's dog, Stevie, the cutest dog ever. Susie got to meet <laughs> earlier, but I left them inside, um, so you didn't get to meet them, Allison. But so this dog is tiny and fast, and her mom left, and an hour later, I ordered takeout food, so the guy came to the door and rang the doorbell. And I opened the door, and Stevie bolted out the front door, through the yard, and straight into the street. Did not oh. even blink just uh, bolted was looking for her mom right because right? her mom had gone out that door she didn't know her mom was she's in a strange house what am i doing here i've been here an hour i need to get out of here i chased that dog i have never been so scared i was having a literal panic attack um i was running i was i couldn't i i, I had a cold so my chest could not even expand to the breathing that i was doing but somehow i just kept running and i was freaking out and i could not get the dog for a good 30 minutes. She's darting in and out of traffic and then I finally lost her. Went back to the house in a panic, complete anger, fear, going, how could this be happening? 
what did I do? Like, the owner is going to kill me. I'm a dog killer. Like, all these horrible, no. terrible thoughts, right? Um, and then thinking, the dog's never coming back, and it's all my fault. Um, complete self-blame and, like, not knowing what to do. And then I went inside. I went and got – I didn't have um, a phone. I didn't have car keys. I didn't have anything. So I just went inside my house, got the phone, got car keys. I walk outside because I'm like, okay, I'm going to go find this dog, get in my car, and now I have a phone. I can call people to help me. And I sat there, and I took – three deep breaths to center myself and my, I'm thinking I'm wasting time I gotta go find the dog as I was taking the three deep breaths the dog walked up to the <laughs> across the street from me he had found she had found her way back to the house in oh. that time so I sat down and I said okay Stevie come here come here come here Stevie <laughs> right well the dog didn't come the dog ran off but still, I feel like it was because I took that moment that she was able right. to come back to me and then I had to chase her around again and then a family kind of cornered her with their dog and they picked her up and then I went and got her and everything's fine. Stevie's back. But like I was having that moment of complete, you know, anger, fear, judgment, and I could not be mm-hmm. present with like, no, here, what are you going to do right now? You need to figure out like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what's happening and what are you going to do to solve it? And I know it's not having to do with what we're talking about, but I feel like these concepts are so universal. You just got to breathe. Exactly. Whatever's happening, just breathe. And I called the owner and I was running as I'm talking to her, going, I'm chasing the dog. <laughs> and she goes, oh, Stevie got away. She's like, I'm on my way. This is the owner. Totally okay. Calm, totally Completely calm. calm. And I asked her about that later. I said, you were so calm. I was like, you helped me get calm and realize like I have to stop freaking out mm-hmm. and know that this is all going to be mm-hmm. okay. And she said, I have something strange. When stra- when tragedy happens, I go straight to calm. Mm-hmm. And that's such a blessing. Some you know, people that do that. My dad do does that. that. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. people do that. They're really good in emergencies. And yeah. They just, they just like, what do I have to do? Yeah. And I'm not apparently. So I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm learning. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. And all those feelings are feelings. And you have to feel them. They can't go. They, they, and, you know, you're in a panic and what can you do yeah. and taking three deep breaths is definitely helpful and yeah. and you know that's all you can really do and run around and look for the dog yes <laughs> <laughs> well I had to breathe or I couldn't run anymore because right. I was out of breath I mean right. the next day I had like calluses on my feet like I right. was all like messed up because first of all I had a cold so I was already so sick I shouldn't have been running through the streets I didn't have enough clothes on like I'm in pajamas with right. slippers on okay like it was you're, not a you're reliving picture. it right now you're like talking really fast <laughs> I'm having another panic attack. It's I'm scary. I'm it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> I know I'm breathing in. I know I'm breathing out. I know I'm breathing out. That's it. The dog is back. She slept with me last night. We're all good. That's so good. <laughs> that's so good. I don't let her out of my sight now. But that's a little trauma. I mean, that's yeah. a trauma. You know, trauma we don't realize. We have traumas every day. Driving in L.A. sometimes is a trauma. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And we have to breathe and be present. And it's so hard. It's so difficult. And Pema Chodron, who teaches meditation, she always says it's so ironic that I teach it because I'm the worst meditator on the planet. <laughs> and I love that. You know, Buddhists just call it a sitting practice. And people think it's about clearing your mind and making your mind still. And it isn't. It's about noticing that your thoughts are just your thoughts and building the muscle of the observer. So we have the observer saying, this is just a thought. And you can label it. This is a fear thought. This is a worry thought. These are my thoughts. These are not who I am. Mm-hmm. I am the observer. I am bigger than this. Yes. And, and noticing that they're just our thoughts. It's not really about stilling the mind at all. It's, and if and that happens, that's great. And sometimes it'll happen for two seconds and maybe it'll happen for a minute or if you're experienced and you do it all the time. But it, the thoughts are, are, are like clouds moving through the sky and they're moving and changing and they're always going to be there and that's their job. Our mind wants to figure it out and fix it and, you know, control things and, and, 
meditation and awareness is, is really about knowing that that's what the mind is doing and that's its job, but we don't have to go for the ride. Yeah. yeah. We can stay where we are. There's a beautiful, um, beautiful passage in one of the Upanishads, one of the ancient Hindu yogic texts. I've been using it in my classes recently and it's about, it's called the two bird meditation. And it's if you imagine two birds that are sitting on a branch and the first bird is flying off the branch and flitting around and flapping its wings and eating the sweet and sour fruits of life. And the second bird is just watching. It's just mm -hmm. observing. It's watching that bird fly around and eat and drink and do its thing frantically and sometimes smoothly, but it's just observing without judgment, without anything else. It's just watching that first bird and staying on the branch. And that's our observer. And that the second bird and our first bird is the mind. And it's really, it's an, it's, I find myself now doing it during the day when my mm. mind is going. I say, I say to myself, be the second bird, be the second bird. And in classes, be the second bird right now. Where is your mind? Are you the first bird or are you the second bird? It's really cool. Be the second bird. So that's a helpful one. Yeah, I think is that's that a tweetable. <laughs> that might be a tweetable. Tweet, tweet, tweet. No, at the end we are going to ask you for your tweetable. But there's been a bunch, and I won't. Well, I wish I had written them down because I was like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's where my mind's going. Oh, Every good. time you have like a nugget of wisdom. Oh, good. Well, they're just things that I pass on. You know, I it's 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 you know, I feel I feel my husband and I were talking about it recently about growing up at this time, being a teenager, a child at this time on the planet must be very difficult. I mean, we mm -hmm. thought it was difficult. I'm 51 years old and I thought it was difficult during my wonder years. But, <laughs> you know, now it's 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 really hard. The state of the planet, we have so much more awareness of what's really going on. We have iPhones, we have the computer, we have 24-7 news. We have, you know, when I grew up, you turn on the news at six o'clock, you watched it for half an hour and that was it. Right. And now you have CNN and everything all day long and you see They're tragedy. All yelling and... Yeah. yeah, I mean, news was like, you know, somebody fell off a ladder or they're, you know, they're, <laughs> that was the local news and you'd listen to it. And But, you know, there's a lot of devastation and like you were saying you know what's happening right now around the world and in Paris and in, in Kenya there was this um there was this shooting at a university too and a hundred and something students were killed and in Libya in Libya and and um so anyway it's it's a hard time to grow up and it's hard for all of us and all of our central nervous systems are on overdrive you know yeah. because we're all in a bit of fight or flight so I, I I love what I do and I'm I'm a student every time I walk into a classroom because I'm there to learn and I learn more from my students than they learn from me I know just by watching them and I I have to tell myself to do these practices every day and it's not easy but yeah. it's it's a way to get through it and it's a way to be there and a way to be present which is really nice I love that yeah all right tell everyone where they can find you online uh, you can find us online at the yoga prescription.com and we have classes there. You can go to our classes schedule. All of our classes, we have 42 classes uh, a week and for, for people going through cancer treatment. And they are all free. And parking is free. And um, That's amazing because parking at Cedar Sinai is very expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> we validate. Right. <laughs> uh, if you want to tip the valet, you can do that if you feel the, the, the need to do that. But we have classes at uh, Cedar sinai um, uh, Tower Hematology Oncology. We have classes at the Ocean Comprehensive Center at Cedars. We also have classes at Tower Cancer Research Foundation. We have classes at the Center for Radiation Therapy of Beverly Hills. 
We have classes at the Saul and Joyce Brandman Breast Center, and we have classes at the USC Norris Hospital as well. Please don't tell me that you and Kathleen are the only teachers, because that sounds like a lot. It's a lot. We, we, we handle most of it, but we have two wonderful women that work with us okay. um, who teach with us, who have been through the same training we have, um, uh, Sharon Holly and Karen Hoffman, and they're beautiful teachers and wonderful people, and they work with us as well. Wow, so. but that's still a team of four. That's yeah. a lot of coverage. That's it's amazing. A lot. It's a lot. But we love it, so we're, we feel very, very honored to do what we do. Yeah. And what about social media? Social media, we have we have a Facebook page. All right, everyone listening, go and like their Facebook page. Get them some followers. Thank you. That would be <laughs> lovely. <laughs> All right. Do you have a tweetable you want to leave us with? I would say yoga is about opening the body and the mind and living in compassion. Beautiful. Tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> so if you like that, tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation and go ahead and make sure that you go to their Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the yoga prescription. Thanks for being here, Allison. Thank you so much. What an honor. You, I love what you ladies are doing. It's wonderful. And I, I wish you the most success. And you have beautiful voices. So do you. Right oh, back at you. Well, please. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I really enjoyed being thank here. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Come back with Kathleen. Would love that. Thank you. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.